Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back to the Patriot Nation podcast presented by SB Nation. We are the voice of Patriot Nation. It's December 14th, and we have a huge show for you today. Patriots first-round rookie running back Sony Michelle joins the show. I had a chance to sit down with him this week. I recorded that interview, and we have it for you on the show today, so that's super exciting. He's a great player. He's a great guy. He's got this uh, thing going on with Gillette right now, so that was really cool uh, that I was able to sit down with him. I think you'll really enjoy that. Also, we do uh, you know our normal segments that we usually do. You know, up high, down low, too slow. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Miami game, debacle from last week, and obviously uh, the big matchup against the Steelers this weekend. So, great show. Stick around. Cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's So welcome back to the Patriot Nation podcast. As we said, I'm obviously Pat Lane. Spags, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's uh, probably your best episode yet. Why don't you uh, tell the tell everybody how you landed that uh, awesome gig and what, what's coming on the show later, even though you can probably see it in the title. I always do this, but go ahead. <laughs> hey, listen, it's yeah. true. It is in the title, but so what? I mean, we got to cool. it up a little bit anyways, you know? So I tell you what, after... The depressing loss on Sunday. I thought this was going to be an awful week. Um, and then my week turned around real quick, uh, which was nice. And, you know, we have an awesome show. Too. That was great. You know what I mean? And so it was, yeah. it was, uh, it was some nice stuff going on. So, um, 
you know, so that's good. So as as Bags alluded to, and as I said, kind of in that in the in the intro, which is new. I hope you guys like it. I thought it was something a little different. We wanted to mix up the intro a little bit, but we liked the music and we liked kind of the you know the 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 radio calls from Super Bowls, and we were like, what the heck can we do? And so we we're doing this for you guys. I hope you guys like it. So this this will be every week from now on. But um, I did sit down with Sony Michelle um, about a twelve and a half minute interview. Uh, he is a ridiculously nice guy, great head on his shoulders, just a super, super smart guy. Um, and he just, he's focused and he really surprised me. I mean, I was, you know, not that I was expecting, like, I don't know what I, what to expect to be honest with you, but he was just a really nice guy. And so I actually, I met him at a, um, at a camp, uh, Gillette, the razor company, Gillette is running a new campaign. Okay. And it's called your best never comes easy. So they've been the best a man can get forever. And they've decided to change that. And their new slogan is your best never comes easy. So, um, from the beginning of the year, you probably remember Shaquem Griffin, uh, was kind of the face of that at the beginning, right? He's shaving. He's the, he's the linebacker. Those of you who don't know, he's a linebacker that has one that is missing one hand. So it's, you know, the, the, um, the commercial is kind of all about him learning to do things, with just one hand playing football, shaving, doing all these different things with his father. And so, and what it is really is about the importance of family and really the father son relationship. And so um, Michelle kind of has an interesting background where his parents immigrated from Haiti um, and he has a very strong bond with his parents. And so uh, he's a, he's the second person in on this campaign. So Shaquem Griffin was first a few months ago and now Sony Michelle. And I think they have a few others lined up, although they haven't announced who they are yet, they do have a, a few people announced. So he had a little, um, you know, a little kind of get together type thing. And I was able to sit down with him one on one for a little while. So I recorded it and we have it, the audio here for you guys. And so again, this is, I just, I don't even start, I don't even introduce them. So I'm introducing, I'm introducing them here uh, because we just started. Okay. Uh, but again, man, first, you know, first round pick, 31st pick in the draft, you know, University of Georgia. Running back, even though he wasn't the starter, and I kind of talk about that with him, parallels with him and Brady uh, on that aspect of it. But maybe I would say the best rookie running back they've had since Robert Edwards, and I don't think it's really that close, to be honest with you. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. But but uh, you know, really, really huge for uh, for the show. And again, I hope you like the interview. And here is Sony Michelle. So I just really wanted to. I wanted to start with. Have you recovered from Sunday? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I've been in situations like that. Yeah. Um, and it's all about just just gotta keep gotta keep pushing, gotta keep move move forward from it. Um, it hurts and it sucks, and that's part of football. Right. And you know, coach says it best. You know, it's part of the NFL. Right. I mean, nobody died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep going. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And so it's interesting because, you know, today obviously was a father and son thing. And so I think of, you know, and I have a a very specific visceral memory of my dad going through adversity and kind of, you know, shaping kind of how I made it through one specific event. Mm -hmm. Have you, you know, how has your dad kind of helped you get through? And obviously, you know, this was a a minor thing compared to some of the other things you've been through, some of the knee injuries and things like that. But Mm -hmm. how has he kind of helped you push through? some of those things you've had to deal with? Um, just 
just trying to be there. Like, even now, like, he's trying to fly up here this week because he know I live by myself. Yeah. It's like, that. I don't know, I'm good. But he's still <laughs> trying to come up just because yeah. he feel like I'm by myself and I need somebody to be there. Yeah. But, you know, me as a son, it's like, all right, come on up. Yeah. And, um, and we just had some good times together. I think it's, it's just more of his presence. Right. Um, that's, that's, that's kind of helping. Well, I think as a dad, too, he can kind of... It's almost funny how they can do that, how he, you think maybe you don't need him here, mm-hmm. but then he's like, trust me, like, and then he gets here and you're like, oh, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice having him around, <laughs> you know what I mean? So maybe you didn't need him, but you yeah. were like, wow, this is nice, you yeah. know? So it's uh, it's funny how dads kind of know those things, you know, and I have three little ones too, and so now I'm kind of, I'm kind of in that mode now. I feel like I'm not as good at it as some of the, but, you know, they're young, but like, yeah. You know, it's a learning experience just like anything else, right? You're in the NFL, and I'm kind of – we're kind of learning on the fly, you know what I mean? So it's uh, it's interesting. So now you're with Gillette, obviously. So Shaquem Griffin was kind of the big kind of ad campaign at the beginning of the year. Have you met him? Have you talked with him? Because it's interesting that you – obviously he went – he's going through a totally different thing. But, yeah. you know, you've dealt with a lot of adversity as well. And so I think it's interesting where Gillette is kind of taking these guys that are talented – and good people, but also have dealt with a lot of adversity kind of leading up to what they're doing. So have you met with him, and, and uh, can you just speak about him a little bit, maybe? Um, haven't really met him formally. Yeah. I ran track against him in, okay. in, in, uh, in high school. Him and his brother was on the same relay team. Okay. Fast, um, competitive athletes. You know, just watching him from afar, his story is, is, is incredible. Yeah. I mean, what he's doing... And the platform that Gillette has given give give him, it's just inspiring so many other people. And every time I watch his commercials, like, dang, he probably touched somebody. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And especially like me, I put things in perspective. Like, you know, somebody in his situation probably wanted to give up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Wanted to give up, and he's just kind of shining that light. Like, man, if you just put your mind through it, to it and you just push through it, you'd be fine. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you said that, too, during the event today, how you had moments where you thought, you know, you were going to quit and you couldn't do it anymore. And now you have that kind of you can look back on that. And I think that that's so powerful for other kids to hear, because, I mean, first round talent, you're an unbelievable player. It's like, you know, sometimes you just feel like that's just God given that it's Mm -hmm. like you just get there. And like for for people to hear from you that like there were moments where you just felt like you weren't going to make it yeah but you just pushed through that and that's really what separates the people that are here versus the people that aren't yeah and that's human nature i mean and i still have those days and mm-hmm. a lot of people have those days i mean people may not mention it but there's days you wake up and you just like man i don't want to do this but you gotta go like, yeah you, you gotta you gotta find a way and um and that's what's important um just like they say your best never comes easy. It's true. And that hits home yeah. so well, and, and, and it's incredible. But, man, just once you get past those adverse times and you can reflect back, it's the best feeling ever. Yeah, that's great. It must feel amazing. It's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. Obviously, you're far from done, yeah, and you yeah. got ways to go, and you got to score a few touchdowns and some two bowls and get some hardware and everything. Yeah. But, but it must be an, a great accomplishment to be where you are, which is which is really great. So now you came from running back you, mm-hmm. okay? It's the new running back you, obviously. Yeah. So you played with Gurley and with Chubb. Obviously, you guys graduated together. Who's the best back out of you three? Ooh, 
the best back it has to be Todd. Todd, Todd Gurley. That's the wrong answer. He's, You're the best. You got to be you. Nah, you got to be real with yourself. He's doing <laughs> some, he's, he, he's always been special. Yeah. Like, and it's unreal. You got to only, you can ask any of those running backs that played with them, and they'll tell you Todd Gurley, because it's just like, what he do, and he, he can bring out this different beast that's just like, yeah, that dude's special. Right. No, that's cool. Now, did you guys, you guys obviously, you know, you talk about a brotherhood and, and everything like that, but, uh, did you guys, were you guys competitive with each other? Did you compete for things outside of the football field? And were there any interesting stories about maybe you guys competing, in, whether it's video games or races or anything like that, anything going on like that? Um, I would just say, for me, it wasn't, it was nothing crazy. I think, I think it was more all love and supportive, but at the end of the day, we all wanted to outdo each other. Right. Respectfully. Like, all right go out and score i want to do the same thing i want to go try to out out compete that you know what i'm saying or and we had this rule that if you got tackled inside the five you <laughs> automatically had to come out the game oh that's amazing and the next guy got to get that's game. great i so, love it so that was the way we always kept it competitive right oh that's awesome that's a really cool because that's you know you get your crack yeah and if you get taken <laughs> down then i get my crack and then inside if I the five was that great. yard was that time where it's like it's all about will and who won it the most. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, if you're inside the five, all you got to do is drive five yards and you just got to score a touchdown. Yeah. And if you don't, you got to come out. That's amazing. I love that. That is fantastic. Now, so it's interesting because you talk about brotherhood and supporting each other and stuff. And, and you kind of in a similar situation with Brady in college because you were, you know, the quote-unquote backup running back to Chubb when he was there because you were kind of that change of pace guy and you still gained a thousand yards and had a ton of rushing touchdowns, but mm-hmm. you weren't that every down back. It was like Nick Chubb and oh yeah, Sony Michelle. I mean, everyone said you were good, but it was like Nick Chubb was the guy, mm-hmm. right? And you were the guy that came in. And so I think, you know, can you speak a little bit about, uh, you, you know, your confidence level and how that kind of helped you deal with that situation? And that's kind of where I learned my competitive, that competitive edge of, all right, I want to see. I I almost needed Nick to succeed yeah. to help me succeed to keep that right. that that fire lit. And when he scored a touchdown, I want to go and score a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and, and and it was all love. You know, he's supportive of me, su- supportive of him. And and I never at times like when I was a freshman, it sucked because everybody used to call his name. Right. Kind of. I kind of got used to it, and I kind of. I kind of liked being low-key, yeah. like the, kind of the sleeper, and I can just be able to just right. do my thing without living up to some type of expectation. No, it's a good, I mean, it's a good place to be in, right? Yeah. People don't expect things of you, and they're like, whoa, who's this kid, you know? <laughs> so it's great. It's cool. And now, Isaiah, obviously, done for the year. Mm-hmm. Do you talk to him on a consistent basis? Do you see him on a consistent basis? Is he, is he around the clubhouse at all or anything Yeah, I always, like that? I always see him. I mean, he's working hard, trying to get back. Nice. Um, you know, that's my boy. We always keep in contact. That's cool. All right. And David Andrews, obviously, another guy you played with at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Has he, you know, how influential how influential has he been for you here, kind of, you know, ingratiating you into the offense and kind of getting you, you know, prepared for what's going on inside the organization? I mean, we talk every day and um, just always just checking in on each other, making sure he making sure my mind's right, in the right place, you know, we're deep in the season. Making mm-hmm. sure I don't hit that rookie wall. Right. Um, and 
I think it's pretty cool that we can be able to just we come from the same place and we kind of share the same experience. Yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting. Now Bob asked you this earlier, but you didn't really give an answer, so I'm gonna ask you again. <laughs> you're you're welcome to the NFL moment. Now maybe it wasn't on the field, maybe it was you know in a meeting room or something like that. You're did you have like a welcome to the NFL moment where you were like, oh okay, I'm not in college anymore. That's the thing. It's like. Um, I've had it on the field, like I said. Right. I got hit. It's like okay, I'm in the NFL. I mean, there's, there's just always there's a bunch of just little things that kind of just shows me. Like, I mean, just trying to be a professional, doing things on a consistent basis. Right. Like I'm in the NFL. Like I can't be late to nothing. Like things right. coming out of my pockets now. I'm not just gonna run some laps. <laughs> You're not gonna run me. It's gonna right. take it out of my pockets, then yeah. bench me. Right. Um, so just things that I already know is almost like welcome to the NFL moments. Nothing nothing hit hit me. Okay. Nothing just came in. Okay. All right. And you were saying earlier, Brady's kinda of taught you that difference between being a pro and an amateur. Yeah. And so, you know, what are some of those things and i you've touched on like a few of them but what are what are some of those main things that kind of help you be a pro because look there's a lot of people with a lot of talent that have never made it or that have made it and then couldn't stay in it Mm -hmm. and so obviously there's you know that's not necessarily a secret quote unquote but like there's a way of doing things and and you know is there anything specific even you know small things i think detail oriented that's one thing you hit on with your parents was that very detail oriented and i feel like that that's such a huge part of staying in it mm-hmm. and so you know is there any kind of those detail oriented things that kind of s- stick out to you uh it's really just routine like i was talking about it's finding that routine what works for you and sticking with it because sometimes we find routines in life and we're doing the same thing every day like all right, i'm waking up at this time i'm leaving at this time and sometimes as humans we just want to abort away from the, right. the routine and that's when that's the amateur and mm-hmm. that's just like all right i'm gonna take a day off from this routine where it's like no stick to your routine because this is what's working for you and i think that's the most important part that that okay that helps. I like it. Yeah, that's good. It's it's a good point. It's a, and it's like everyday life. Like I gotta wake up. Like I know I gotta wake up at six o'clock tomorrow. And it's like my routine, which I sometimes I don't want to wake up at six. Right. Um. But that's my routine, and that's been working for me. So I yeah. gotta stick with it. Stick with it. That's good. No, good for you. So, last question for you: PlayStation or Xbox? Because I feel like I feel like Sony. there's a pretty there's a pretty intense advertising deal here. I mean, if you were to go to Xbox and say, hey, look, listen, I've been a PlayStation guy before, but my name is Sony. What if you paid me a ton of money and I was the spokesperson for Xbox? And now my name is Sony and I'm out there advertising Xbox. Like, I mean, that might be a pretty lucrative deal for you. I mean, Sony, I own a PlayStation. <laughs> um, but... I mean, you know, it's something to think about yeah, for the future, is. you know what I mean? The money's right. So. <laughs> <laughs> the money's right. Oh, thanks for your time, man. I, I really appreciate it. it. Thank you. It's been, uh, it's fun. All right, so I want to give a big thanks to Sony Michelle again uh, for coming on the show. Really, again, just a really nice guy, interesting guy. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders and really uh, has is approaching this game with the right attitude. And I think that that's a big part of being successful, like we talked about in the interview a little bit. You know, it's one thing that getting here, but staying here is a challenge. And so I think I think he has the potential to do that. So 
Anyways, let's get into our segment here. We have up high, down low, too slow. Our first up high is Albert McClellan. I mean, it's tough to have a better day than Albert McClellan. Two block punts on the same in the same game. Same guy. I mean, it's one thing to block two punts in a game, but have the same guy block two punts. And then they're going like a rugby style punt because they were like, we can't block this guy, apparently. Um, you know, first one obviously led to a touchdown. Second one we'll talk about in a second. Um, you know, but but yeah, I mean, the second one obviously was the was the Brady thing at the goal line, but um, you know, but McClellan, I mean, they pick him up off of waivers and you know guy's been a revelation on uh, on special teams in a unit that really needed it you know kind of first half of the year so yeah definitely uh special teams wins football games and they obviously should have won that football game but uh we'll get into our second um up high for the week tom brady i thought he he played well again he did what he had to do on offensively at least to put the patriots in a good spot to win Obviously, you know, he shouldn't have took a sack there, but, I mean, we've never seen him do that. You know, so I'll give him a free pass there. I mean, if Kostowski hits a couple of those little, you know, those little field goals, maybe we're not sitting here, you know, groaning about it. But I thought Brady played well enough, and, you know, frankly, 33 points against Miami should be enough to beat him. Right. Um, For the third up high, we have Rob Gronkowski. His first catch in the red zone of the season, Pat, goes for six. Um, and it's, it's good to see him getting going again. I do think he looks banged up and he, he, he's like, you know, looks and feels pretty slow, but, um, I thought he played well and and definitely was one of his better games of the year. Well, the thing about Gronk is that Gronk at 75% is pretty much better than every other tenant in the league at a hundred percent. So if you can have Gronk close to a hundred, even if he's not exactly a hundred, he can still be a force in the playoffs. So uh, it was good to see him on offense kind of take over the game a little bit, which was nice. Um, our last up high is James Devlin. Devlin with another touchdown. The guy is a monster down low, uh, I should say, uh, you know, up tight, uh, you know, against the goal line, deep in the red zone. He is – he's been a force. I mean, he's got four touchdowns so far this year um, on seven carries. So it's it's pretty wild. Um he did have a holding call that called back like a 45-yard run by Michelle. But, you know, it is what it is. You're going to get holding calls every now and again. And Devlin, you know, running through the line and scoring touchdowns is uh, is pretty awesome. And it gets it gets the offensive line fired up too. And so and things like that are always good, you know. You see those guys out there having fun and, and doing fun things, um, like, you know, getting one of their buddies involved. And that's, that's an exciting thing. So um, do like that. So let's move on to down low. Uh, first up is Jason McCourty. He was just he was dreadful in the first half. Uh, was pulled and replaced by J.C. Jackson because he just he couldn't hang. Um, and again, I don't know if that's the weather. I don't know if it's just a, a bad matchup or the situations that the Patriots put him in. But um, you know he had a really really rough game uh, until he was benched for Jackson. So uh, McCourty's definitely first on our list. Uh, next on the list is J.C. Jackson, the guy that replaced Jason McCourty. He had a fine game defensively, okay? And we'll, I do want to talk about the last play just briefly after we go through this. Um, but he's the one responsible. Now, you can we talk about scheme, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, he's the guy that's truly responsible. If you talk about the players on the field and the execution, J.C. Jackson's the guy to blame. And the reason why is because... 
they came out, they rushed four, which was stupid, but they rushed four, so they had seven guys. They came out with three guys and then two guys and then two more guys, almost like three, uh, three different layers of players. He has the defensive left-hand side, okay? Jonathan Jones had the defensive middle, and I think it was Gilmore had the defensive right. All you got to do is stay in your area. Whatever you do, don't leave your area. So they throw the ball in the middle of the field, and what does J.C. Jackson do? He runs towards the ball. So he runs towards Kenny Stills, and Stills, meanwhile, pitches it to Devontae Parker, and now J.C. Jackson's not in the right spot. So now he's chasing Parker instead of being in front of him and making that tackle. He's chasing Parker, who makes a clean flip to Drake. Drake obviously breaks the Van Noy tackle, who we can talk about that whole scheme thing. But And then Jackson, instead of sprinting downfield, turns and kind of like takes a few slow steps towards the middle instead of instead of getting ahead of the play and ends up, you know, late and obviously not making that play. If he turns and sprints to the end zone, he makes that attack where the Patriots win the game. So, uh, you know, all around awful play by J.C. Jackson, and we'll talk about the scheme next, but you're going to blame one specific play. You want to look at the player that's to blame on that specific play? J.C. Jackson's the guy. Absolutely agree, Pat. And uh, next on our list for down low, Number three, Steven Gostowski. Oh, come on, Pat. I mean, he was brutal. Brutal, man. I mean, I I've I said after the Super Bowl last year, I said this guy should be bagging groceries next year. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't stand him. It's just so inconsistent. He's been missed a field goal, I'm pretty sure, every every Super Bowl. You know, I I, yeah. I mean he's I don't want to hear what the field goal percentages and stuff. I mean, he I mean, oh, it's just so frustrating. I mean, and it's true. The, the only problem, the biggest problem you have is that outside of Justin Tucker, he's probably the best kicker in the league, which tells you which tells you all you need to know about the other kickers in the league because you're oh, right. Yeah. He's so flipping inconsistent. But you're like, okay, you have this guy. Who are you going to get to replace him that's not Justin Tucker? And that I think that that's the issue they've struggled with in, you know, recently is that they just haven't found anyone good enough to replace him yet. But I think it's coming because – it, you just can't – you miss a field goal and an extra point, and it's like either of those things could be the difference in the game. And so uh, definitely frustrating for sure. So, uh, you know, Gostowski 100% deserves to be on this list. Next on the list, Bill Belichick, Brian Flores. Uh, I could go through multiple defensive schemes the whole game, but obviously with that last one, we don't want to talk about it too much, Pat. You already got into it a little bit, but – I mean, I don't know why Rob Gronkowski's on the field when Ryan Tannehill's been banged up all year. He can't throw a ball 80 yards healthy, let alone banged up. Um, I, that was the only snap Devin McCourty didn't play. So mm-hmm. it's 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 a tough, you know, Bill's been so good for years, but that one was definitely a head-scratcher. So down, well, definitely down low for him and him and Flores. A hundred percent. And you know what? Instead of talking about it afterwards, let's just do it right now because I do want to just get into the play just for like a, just a second. Because anything that Belichick does differently, and you know, the player's execution fine, but why are you rushing four guys? What are you doing that for? It's not a Hail Mary. You're not trying to stop them from stepping up in the pocket. You want to rush one, fine. Two, I'm okay with. But any more than two, what the hell are you doing? 
you treat it like a kickoff. It's like you're gonna just you all you gotta do is tackle the guy before he gets to the end zone. And so um, you know, again, you pull Van Noy out and put him 10 yards deeper, he makes that play on Drake, the game ends. You know, if you have nine guys in the defensive backfield instead of instead of seven, well, maybe there's an extra guy there that makes a play on Drake. And so it's one of those things. I mean, look, the execution was bad by JC Jackson, that's true. Drake cut inside at the 40-yard line, 40 yards away from the end zone, and he had one guy to beat, and that guy was Rob Gronkowski. That is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And like you said, Spags, it's the only it's the only snap that Devin McCourty didn't play. So what are you doing? And not only that, you want to say, hey, look, you know, whatever, things happen. Oh, that's fine. Well, it's a good thing to left Devin McCourty in there in the Bears game because the Bears completed their Hail Miller pass. And McCourty helped make that tackle that kept him out of the end zone. So it's one of those things where you look at it and just say, even if it was a Hail Mary, I might guess, but why are you taking McCourty out? Probably their best open field tackler. And if he's on the field, Drake Drake may have scored, but he doesn't score going down the sideline. He's got to cut it back inside. Maybe Harmon's able to make a play at that point. Maybe he's got to pitch. I don't know. But and McCourty at least cuts him off before he can get to the end zone at the pylon. And so that's really, for me, the biggest, you know, the really the biggest two things for me. You rush four guys, stupid. You you put in Gronk, stupid. You, you know, the scheme was just bad, and they didn't practice it. Like, J.C. Jackson should know, if you get beat, don't follow the ball. Run to the freaking end zone. Because why not get ahead of the play and make that guy get around you? And so, you know, all around a bad scheme, bad coaching, bad execution. But again, I'd say it's like 75% scheme on there, 25% execution. And again, that falls on. And if, you know, again, Flores is the de facto defensive coordinator. So that's why we've got to include him here. But I think everyone thinks that Bill Belichick runs the defense. And if that's the case, then that's on Bill Belichick. And and so, you know, he won't admit it. And that's fine. He can piss Felger Maz off because he won't admit it. But the team he's wrong, I'm sure. He screwed that one up. And so, you know, it is what it is. But anyways. Yeah, no, you, you hit the nail right on the head there, Pat. Um, you know, all around just a d- disgraceful play and so unpatriot-like. Uh, but mm-hmm. lastly on our list, probably not his fault, but James White has been so good all year. Only six touches. You know, that's probably, you can pin that half on Belichick too and McDaniels because I don't know why James White's getting only six touches in the game when he's been your best offensive threat all year. Uh, maybe it right. is for saving his bullets because he's way over his career high in snap count. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, down low just because he didn't produce and wasn't given the opportunity. But I guess that's half and half the more you think about it. Right. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. But, yeah, only touching the ball six times from a guy like that that's been a big part of your offense. When you only scored six points in the second half, you know, you can look at that and say that's a down low. And, and you know, I mean, you have to look at the snap count, which we didn't do that much research. So we don't know what the, what the snap count looked like, but I think it was fairly high. So, you know, maybe he's just not open. Maybe those plays aren't designed for him. I don't know. But he didn't contribute much in the second half, and, and they really could have used it. So, uh, and our two slow, man, I mean, hate that's to do too it. That's too easy, man. It's got to be Gronk. I mean, <laughs> it's got to be Gronk. It's just, oh. you know. To I get mean, a piano so strapped to him. <laughs> you feel bad for him and everything like that, but Jesus, you know, uh, Big Cat on part of my take said maybe his uh, his elbow, his uh, 
his elbow pad was holding him down. But uh, and he just, I mean, it was ugly. It looked really bad, and especially it, him man. stumbling. It was just like, oh, that's no. it. Oh, I can't talk about it anymore. I so, can't. anyways, uh, so listen, before we leave, though, I do want to just say one thing, and I don't know how many people have talked about this, but one of the interesting things about the loss against Miami. And as bad as it was, and, you know, Belichick, uh, Brady's lost, you know, five of the last six down there and all this other stuff and and whatever. And Mike, um, Phil Perry, when he was on the show, gave that stat about Miami last week, which was wild. And uh, and so now, obviously, it's different. But he has – it's seven – he has seven – no, eight now. Eight career losses in December on the road. Brady does. Eight in his career. And six of them have come in Miami, which is just oh, insane. And I a lot of those teams, too. a lot of those Miami teams have sucked. And so it's like you're not losing to a, a, a good opponent. It's like the Patriots own the Steelers. Brady's record against Pittsburgh is 11 and 2. I mean, please, 11 and 2. Like people think Pittsburgh's going to challenge the Patriots this weekend. Get the hell out of here, dude. <laughs> they have almost no chance of beating the Patriots this weekend. So, uh, so they dominate that, that matchup, but the Patriots are good. Like, so that's why they dominate that matchup. The Dolphins suck, and the Patriots just can't seem to win down there. So, you know, even that 0-4, you go back to the 0-4 team. That 0-4 team might be the best team I've ever seen play from a Patriots perspective. And they blew uh, an 11-point lead with, like, two and a half minutes left to go in the game. And so it's just like if that team can lose in horrific fashion, and it was like – a play late in the fourth quarter where Brady was getting sacked by Jason Taylor and he tried to throw it and threw it backwards and they ended up with the ball and that's how they scored. It was like, if they can lose that game in that fashion, that team can lose that game, then anything can happen down in Miami. And that's, that's what happened. But what's interesting is that it actually almost works in the Patriots' favor. If they can win out Spags, they have the number, they end up as the number two seed. If they're the number two seed, that means that the lowest seed that wins goes to Kansas City. Now, there's a possibility that the sixth seed beats the third. It looks like now that Houston's going to be the third seed, I would imagine. I can't imagine anyone, um, anybody in the North, you know, over uh, getting over um, Houston. And so if Houston's the three seed, whoever they're playing at six, if they win that game, they're coming to New England. Well, the four or five matchup is whoever wins the North and the Chargers. And I'll tell you what, man, there's two teams that I don't really want to play in the playoffs, and they're the Chiefs and the Chargers. And assuming that Houston wins their first round matchup, that divisional game is going to be Chiefs versus Chargers, which means you got to play only one of those teams. Whereas if you were the number one seed, you'd have to play both of them, assuming that they don't lose before. But they're not going to be playing each other before they play you. And so in this situation, you're almost at that point where you say, hey, look, as long as the six seed doesn't upset the three, we got to play either the Chiefs or the Chargers to get in the Super Bowl. And so I'll take that. You know what I mean? I think that's a win for you. I think they're the two best teams in the AFC outside of you. We're the three best teams, in my opinion. And so you don't want to play both those teams. If you only have to play one, that's beautiful for you. And so I think it ends up working out in the Patriots' favor Let's see if Houston doesn't crap themselves in the playoffs. Hopefully they don't until they get to Foxborough. But, um, you know, but it, it is set up kind of nicely for them, assuming they can win these last three. All right. So anyway, so we'll see what happens. You know, that's the uh, that's kind of where we're at. And again, that's kind of the silver lining there. 
I don't want to talk anything any more about Miami, which is good. So we're we're done with that. But again, guys, Sony Michelle, like thank you so much to Sony Michelle for you know for interviewing with me and allowing us to use the audio on the podcast. Um, really cool, and again, great guy. And uh, you know, we we hope for the best for him moving forward. Spags, what do you think this weekend? I mean, I already told you what I think, but what do you think this weekend? I mean, supposedly the the game of the season, but like, I mean, what do you think? You know, I don't know why, because I'm digging up to find the tweet. Tom Brady versus Mike Tomlin and his defenses since 2007. This is video game-like, like you're playing with the sliders up. 7-1, 207 for 282. 2,571 yards, 23 touchdowns, one interception. Jesus. Who's your daddy? <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's that's all you need to know. I mean, there's no way. I, I just, I would be totally shocked if they lose this game. I know Pittsburgh needs to win. I know it's an important game for Pittsburgh and everything else. But I don't care. I look at Pittsburgh and I say, that team isn't that good. They They look forward to beating the Patriots every year, and they can't beat the Patriots every single year. And a lot of times it's something crazy, just like last year when Roethlisberger threw a pick in the end zone and they basically end the game. It's like, you know, you can't make that throw, and yet he makes it and gets picked off. And so it's similar to where, you know, Patriots, Dolphins, you know, they just can't beat the Patriots. And so, again, I'm ho- I'm assuming next week we're talking about all we got to do is win two layup games and we're the number two seed and we're cruising into the playoffs, you know, feeling good about ourselves. So we'll see, but – but that's kind of that's where we're at. So, uh, guys, have a great weekend. The uh, the Christmas season is coming upon us, and so uh, you know, enjoy your time. You college kids are going home soon. Spags, yep. you done with when are you done with final specs? Uh, I actually don't have my exams are next week, but uh, okay. Obviously, being a business major, I don't have much exams. It's mostly papers. So I'm actually home Saturday. I just had a lot of Sick. papers and presentations this week. So. That's great. A couple more days. Hockey's over for the semester, so I get a nice little break. So, a couple more days. Listen, when you're home, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to like go out and get a drink or something. Yeah, we have to. We have to. We'll we'll meet up for a Pats game. Boys and girls out there, you you may not know this. We've mentioned on the show before, but Spags and I have never met. If if you heard us talk, you'd think we've been best friends for fifty years, though. We we are exclusively. This is this is an exclusively online relationship so far. Oh. So we got to change that and make it a little in-person thing. So it'd be nice. So, so uh, we'll try to, we'll definitely set that up during the, uh, during the holiday break, but guys have a great weekend. Thanks again to Sony for coming onto the show, rate review and subscribe on iTunes. If you don't already do that, if you, when you do that, <clears throat> you're going to get the two other shows. You can get the Pat's public podcast and Pat's blitz. They, uh, their show dropped on Wednesday. They had Marquise flowers on. So, you know, a lot of kind of former Patriots, current Patriots coming on the shows, um, you know, some big names kind of in and out. So it's been, uh, it's going really well for the pulpit. So, you know, check us out, follow us. And, uh, it's been good. Have a great week guys. And we will, uh, we'll check back in with you next week. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. 
It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.